This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Okay, we're going to do a little survey really quickly. How many here, and I want you to be honest, this is like a good place to just be honest with your family and with the Lord. How many here are Star Wars geeks? You're a geek. Got some geeks. Okay, let me ask this question. How many here, you have like something like on your shelf, like a Star Wars poster or or you have a cost, something you got, let's see how geeky, wow, those, man, wow. Okay, well, well, let me ask another, this is an important question. How many here has never seen Star Wars ever? Whoa, wow, 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 this is a lot. Third, third service here today is a lot of no Star, we got to just play, let's play Star Wars right now. No, I'm just kidding. That's amazing. You know, I found out yesterday we were up here and Mario uh, while we were, while we were, I don't know where we were, up here, I think, and we were working yesterday, and he said, yeah, I've never seen Star Wars. I was like, you've never seen Star Wars? How does that, how does that happen? I said, fine, I'm going to tell you what happens then at the end. I'm, Darth Vader is Luke's mother, and I just told him that, and he's going to have to live with that. So that's, that, he's going to have to know that forever. All right? So we are entering a sermon series. What that means, we're going to go on a journey for the next six weeks, including this week, um, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be kind of unpacking some things. We're going to be shaking things up, challenging you a little bit. Of course, you know if what, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. We're going to be kind of looking at some of the truths and principles that God has set in motion for our lives, and we're going to look at the forces that form our future. And the reason that, there's a couple of reasons that we went with this. Number one is we just got a lot of people who like Star Wars around here. And uh, number two is we want to make it stick. Like I want you, next time you go to Disneyland or next time you see a Star Wars poster, I want you to go, oh, I remember that sermon series that Pastor Chad talked about. I want it to stick. And I believe that that does happen. I mean, there, uh, a couple, couple years ago, I read about the, one of the best-selling books on, on courting. It was actually, when it first came out, it was The Art of Courting by William Kane. And it sold like no books. No one bought it. That just, The Art of Courting. But then they changed the name of it. The publisher's like, let's change the name of it to The Art of Kissing. And it sold thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of books. The Virginia High School, a couple years ago, they wanted to, to put together a home economics class for boys. And so they called it Home Economics Class for Boys. And how, you know how many boys signed up for that? zero. The next semester they called it Bachelor Living. And the class was full for like, yeah, it was packed. They could, so, so I want this just to get, like, get entrenched in you and the forces that form your future. We're going to go, we're going to go big with this big idea. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you and I want you to look at them and say, may the forces that form your future be with you. Come on, you can do it. We're just, we're adding a little bit. I, I get it. I get it. All right. I know some of you purists are like, don't mess with it. It's force. Let the force be with you. We're going to mess with it. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Our sermon series is going to launch from this text. This is going to be kind of the, the big idea around our sermon series. And it goes like this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed belong to us. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children 
forever. This is an important passage. And this is one that we're going to build this sermon series upon. And we're going to look at those forces, the secret forces, and the revealed forces that form our future. Can you uh, just bow your head with me, open your heart. We're going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we open our heart here today. We ask you to speak to us. Let your uh, word fall into good ground, bring forth much fruit. Let the living word teach and minister the written word. And we do this in your name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right. So the first thing is I just want to talk about the secret things that belong to God. There are some things that just simply belong to God. We're not going to understand. They're outside of our control. You ever been frustrated with this region of stuff? Like, God, why did this happen? How did this happen? Uh, how did you let this happen? There's some things that, that are the secret things, and they belong to Him, okay? And we at some point have to resign ourselves to the idea that this is not for us, this is not us. This is not something we can control. And a lot of times, we're trying to control the things that God's in control of, and not we're, we're, and we're not taking us and being good stewards of the things that God has given us. And so there's some things that, again, we have to just embrace. These things belong to God. I can't control where I was born. I can't control what family God put me in. I can't. There's some things that just happen, and, and, and God knows why. But here's a scripture that's going to help us kind of reconcile the secret things that belong to God. Watch this, Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28, it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. What is this saying? It's saying this, that the stuff that you can't control... The stuff that, that belongs to God, at the end of the day, you've got to embrace the idea that it's working for your good. That everything that's happened to you and, and, and has been happening for you, that there's some reason in the design of God's master plan. We can't control it. It wasn't our decision. We had nothing to do with it. But these are the things that we were allotted, and God says there's a purpose behind it. And when you discover the purposes behind the secret things of God, the reasons we don't understand, but there's a purpose. It's shaped me and it's made me who I am. But then there's the other side. There's the revealed things. And this is the side that we're going to talk about. These forces, the revealed forces that form our future. I want to show you how these kind of work together, this dichotomy. These forces are the forces that we do have control over. We, we, we do, we are able to, um, to they, they are inside of our control. Matthew 7 and 24. Matthew 7 and 24. I'm going to show you this dichotomy of how, how revealed things and the secret things come together. It says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Anyone who hears my teaching, my principles, the things that I've set in motion, the things I've given to you is wise. These are the revealed things. Like a person who builds a house on a rock. Now watch this, the next verse. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, the wind beats against the house. Those are the, those are the secret. Those are the things you can't control. 
But you can control the teachings that have been given, the revealed things. But then there's going to come things in life that you can't control. But it says this, because you did take care of the things that God gave and revealed, it won't collapse because it's built upon a rock. You're going to have a great future. You're going to have a future because you've taken the revealed things, embraced them, implemented them, and the things that you can't control, when they come, they're not going to control you. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this a little bit deeper, this big idea of the revealed things. There's just certain things that just, they're principles. They're, they're everlasting. They're, they're the things that you know and you should know and I should know, and we should be exercising in faith, walking with the Lord. There's people here today, maybe you're a new Christian, you're a new believer. It's kind of all very new for you, and you're going, okay, what now? I'm saved, what now? Where do I go? What happens now? And I want to introduce you to these, again, these forces that do form your future. And, and again, you can't bypass them. You can't skip them. They're very real. And either, either you're forming your future or you're deforming your future by either observing or, or not observing these truths. I'm going to give you an example, just a, just a simple, basic example of, of things that, how they work. The, the other day I thought, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the courageous, awesome, cool, amazing husband that I am. I'm going to exercise amazingness, and I'm going to help my wife without her asking. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? She's going to be like, you're awesome. And uh, I was like, I'm going to do the laundry. I'm going to do the laundry. I help with the laundry. I move stuff. But I'm going to do it without no one asking. I'm gonna, it's going to be like surprise attack, like boom. It's like it's done. It's stacked. It's in the drawer. I'm like I'm coming in like sonic boom. And so like this is my, this is my gift. And so I put, I mean, I, I crammed everything in, you know, as much as you can, packing it down. And we get the thing spinning. And it's washing. I'm like, woo And then the, 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 the wisdom of the Lord came to me and said, oh, you've got to make, make sure this, this special blouse of hers, you can't wash, you can't dry it with everything else. It's got to go on the, the soft dry, you know, the fluffy dry, you know. You put on that real soft, delicate, and it just kind of, it kind of, it's not real warm. It just kind of floats around in there. And so I did that. And so I, I washed, and then I came back like the, later in the day and did that. And then the next morning I come and, and, and I look, and I'm like, oh, it's still kind of damp. So I'm going to do another one of those. And so I don't come back till the next evening, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, finally, it's finally. And now these clothes have been over 36 hours have been sitting there. And so I finally hang this up, and I move these over, forgetting to take it off the delicates. So I put it back. It's on the delicates. Put all, everything in to dry. Push the button. Walk away. 24 hours later, show up. It's all still very damp. And so I go again, turn it on, and now this thing has been over 48 hours of soaking. So Saturday morning, I run. I'm like, I got to go. I got prayer. We got small group. Da, da, da. And I put on the jeans that were washed. I put on the shirt. I'm like, woo. And it... It, the whole outfit smelled like cheese from France. I'm talking about the cheese that the monks make up in the mountains. Everybody, I just saw people like walk by and then just went away. They just came by and went away. I was like, what is repelling? And, and literally it was, it just, I broke all the rules. And I reaped all the rules that I broke on that. So... Maybe you've been breaking some rules, and we're going to help you understand some of those rules. Here's what I want you, I want to debunk today. I want to debunk the idea that says, whatever happens is the will of God, and the will of God is whatever happens. That I'm just a victim of fate. No. There's a partnership between you and God to form your future. There's the things that He's going to do that only He can do, and there's the things that you've got to do that only 
he will allow you to do. Mama can't do it for you. Husband can't do it for you. Wife can't do it. No one can do it except you. No one can do it except you. And so there's the things that God promises he can do, he's going to do. But the things that he's called you to do, he will never do. you got to do it. Here's a great example. Peter is in prison. He's behind bars. He's got chains. And the angel comes and does one of those sonic booms. And like every, like all the, all the uh, wardens and, and, and all the, the people there, they fall out. They're passed out. All the chains break. All the, the prison doors open. And the angel walks up to Peter. And this is what he says. Put your shoes on. Like, I broke the chains. I opened all the gates. All the, the wardens and, and all, the, all, all the captains, they're on the ground having a little siesta right now. Um, but I need you to do what you can do because I did what you can't do. We're going to partner in this miracle. Put your shoes on and let's do a jailbreak. And there's some things that you got to do to be a part of the miracle that God wants to bring forth in your life. He's not going to do every, so we go, well, if God wants it, then he'll just do it all. No, you're a part of the master plan, and there are some forces that are going to form your future. Come on, everybody. That's kind of good news that we got to embrace here today. I, I love that there's a poem, and I've just I've taken like a little piece out of this little poem, and it says this. I want you to think about this. One ship sails east and another west. Opposite directions. While the same breeze blows, it is the set of the sail and not the wind that determines where it will go. You say, well, the, the wind's blowing in the wrong direction. That's okay. There's some things we can't control, but I can control how I set the sails. I may have to go forward into the wind but there's a way, there's some forces, there's some techniques that God is going to give us in the Spirit to help us go in the right direction. The set of the wind, the direction of the wind is not going to dictate where my life ends up. I want to end up in life on purpose, not in default. Too many people are defaulting, oh, God wants it, God wills it, whatever Whatever happens is God's will, and the God's will is whatever happens. I want to challenge you today that you're made for more than that, that you have value in God. God doesn't mess around. God, there's value. In fact, we use all these big words, and, you know, they, they sound really Christian, you know, like, like redeemed and regenerated and born again. We use these words, and people go, oh, I don't know what that means. There's this word redeemed, and this word redeemed is a powerful word, and it just simply means this. It means bought back paid full price for. Can you imagine this with me? Imagine this with me. Imagine you, you, you make something, you design something, you, you pour your heart, your energy, your person, everything into it. It's yours. Maybe you made it with your dad. Maybe there's a, an affinity because you made it with someone that you love, and now it's there, it's yours, and then one day it's stolen. And then a couple months later, you find it on eBay, someone's selling it. And they didn't take care of it. It's been dinged up, messed up, broken. And they're not selling it for half price. They're selling it for full price. This is exactly what God did. He's the owner. He made you. He created you. The enemy came, kill, steal, destroy. 
But God purchased us back even though we had defects and broken, and he paid above and beyond. You have value. You have value. You've been redeemed, and he's restoring us. So the first thing we're going to do is this. We're going to let our bother lead us. You ever been bothered before? You know the tension of what is and what could be? You ever, you ever, is there a tension there for you of what you, what you see but what you know could be? And hopefully there's a bit of a disparity there because that's where vision comes. That's where tenacity is birthed. That's, that's, where, that's where the push and the shove begins to happen. There's more. I want you to know there's more for your life. There's more that God has for you than just to be safe, stay safe, just hope to just make it through and hope the Antichrist doesn't cut my head off and we're just, we just make it to heaven somehow. And some people just want to exist. They're just trying to exist. And I want to tell you this, that you have a life in Christ that maybe you haven't even discovered yet. Maybe you haven't even discovered yet. Amen? All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the way we think. And we're going to carry it over to next week. I, I'm just going to kind of poke at this a little bit today because here's what I know is, is this first force is, is more than just, you know, 15 minutes. I want to really kind of uh, look at this together with you. There's a scripture in Ephesians 4, 4 and 22. <coughs> and it says this, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. How many know those are connected? Man, how you think is going to be how you feel. And how you feel is going to be how you behave. And it all starts with how we think. And all of us here, you got to admit it, at some, on some level, we all have a little stinking thinking. Come on, i got hands coming up. Anybody got stink? You got you, you. just know it's like that was a dumb idea. That was bad. I don't know where that came from. That that's like, and, and then your your spouse is like, oh, that's so your mom. That's so your grandma. You know, you're like, what? Uh, you know. And then you have to own it a little bit. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. I, I I'm thinking. I'm thinking bad. I'm thinking bad. These these thoughts are creating attitudes and feelings that are creating behavior, which is forming and shaping my my destiny. My my future is being because all the the way I'm thinking. And I think God wants us to think better, think about Him better, think about His promises better. An entire generation misses the promised land because 10 spies look at it wrong and think about it wrong. How did 10 see giants and trouble and 2 saw blessing and promise and possibility? The 10 had stinking thinking. And you don't realize what stinking thinking will keep you from. And here's the deal. You'll never know what could have been. You'll never know. You'll never have a way to measure it, what could have been. I believe that through this sermon series, as we begin to talk about these forces that God wants us to, to understand, implement in our lives, there's going to be some shifting. We're going to, again, we're going to challenge you. And what doesn't challenge you does not change you. And I think there's some change that's going to be happening and transformation inside of our hearts. Is that Okay. So I want to talk about thinking for just a moment. Let me first say this, that good intentions do not trump bad thinking. 
okay? You, you, you ever had like, like it's good heart but bad head, right? Like your heart's right but just it's like two different directions. You're like, Ugh. okay? This happens all the time. We were ministering in, in Europe and my father-in-law, mother-in-law drove, like, we're going to fly in, we have this trip, and we're going we're gonna to meet you, we're going we're gonna to be in England, we're going to drive, we're going to rent a car and drive. And Heidi and I were just kind of crazy enough to be like, sure, let's do that. And so they come in, and they got a car, and so we're in the car, and my father-in-law, good heart, good intentions, starts driving, forgets that you drive on the left side of the road, not the right side of the road. And so we end up in a ditch, almost hitting a sign, almost create this huge, like, like England almost blew up kind of deal. I was like, pass the tea, please, you know. And, and so, so just because you have good intentions doesn't mean that you, you're thinking right or, or you're doing it right. So just because we have good intentions doesn't mean we're, we're thinking about this situation right. So we've got to change the way we think. In fact, you came into a new life in, in Christ, and now you've got new heart, old head. Oh, that's a troubled one right there. These two are like on two different frequencies. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 2, Mark 2 and 22, and it says this. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they are poor. They pour new wine into new wineskins. If you're going to receive what God really, really has for you, you're going to have to get a new mind. I'm not talking about a new brain. When I talk about mind, it's different than brain. I can't help. Those are the secret things of God, okay? Some of you have way more brains than I do. You're just, your IQ, you're way up here, okay? And, 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 and so we get that. We get that they're different. We're not talking about, that's the secret things of God. He knows why. But we're talking about the mind and mindsets and the way we think, the things that we can control, the things that we've been called to look at and inspect and examine is our thoughts and our thinking. And so we have to have a new way of thinking, a new mind. And if we get the new mind, then there's this new blessing that comes over us. Because you know as well as I do, your heart can be right. You, you can have a good heart, but something happens, and all of a sudden, the old ghetto you, uh-huh, that old brutal mean you start, you start not just acting, but reacting in an old pattern, an old mindset. Here's the deal about our brain is this, is that our brain is, is, is pretty smart in that where, where, those, where, those, where it's firing, it creates like these highways because it wants to make your job easier. So the more you think something and the more the, the way that you think about something, it becomes easier and easier to just think that way. That's why they say it's, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. You ever heard that? You know, try to get your grandpa... To, to change the way when he drinks his coffee and how he drinks his coffee, like he'll almost punch you. Don't mess with my coffee, boy. You know, it's like, I've been doing this since I was 18, whippersnapper. You know, like, sorry, grandpa. You know, that's like, just, we've been, I've been doing it this way. And so the thing is, is there's certain things you've been doing. Heart has been changed. Head has not been. And the Lord says, we need to be renewed in our minds, we got to think different. 
We've got we've to think different. We've got to approach this different. Romans 12, we're going to put this up on the screen here. Romans 12 says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. That you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You want to do God's will? You want to know God's will? You've got to get a fresh mind. God, give me a new mind. Get, let me think different. Help me to see this correctly. Here's what our brain wants us to do. You ready? As little as possible. There's this button in our brain called autopilot. And we, we push it, especially guys. Guys, can we be honest for a minute? We love that button. We want to go to that. We'll go to that button anytime we can. And your wife knows you're on autopilot. She knows not to tell you important information while autopilot's on. We want to go to autopilot. We want to, we want, and your brain is situated, made in a way that wants to make you mindless in some ways. Save energy. Think about it less. And so what we have to do, the first thing to be attentive and to, to look at this, we've got to get out of autopilot and going to default mode of what's easy and start addressing some of these thoughts, these trains of thought. See, here's the deal with a train of thought. A train goes somewhere. It leads you somewhere. Before you jump on a train, you look at the schedule and you go, where does this take me? Some people jump on a train of thought and never ask the question, where does this end up? You just jump on a train, you jump on a train of thought, and before you know it, you're in no man's land with an attitude and a black eye. Come on, somebody. You, you didn't think it through very well. And then all, all those, think that those thoughts, they're connected to this, mo this emotion. And that, that emotion is what creates motion. You know, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden Celine Dion comes on. For all the times, and you're just crying. You're mad at Sam for breaking up with you in the, the 12th grade in high school. Like you're, you're, you're swerving the car and, and, and emotions, and all of a sudden your mind's, ah. And God says, there's a better mind. I'm going to give you a mind that is stewarded to see and understand the things of God in the right perspective. So we're, here's where we're going to start, but we're, we're not going to end here. We're going to go into this next week. And I, I really pray that you bring, this is, this is a sermon series for those who are unchurched, those who are new in faith. And this is for people who maybe have been in church a while, but go, you know, I'm stagnant. I need to, I need to, I need a reboot. Anybody here need a reboot? I, I need a reboot in my spirit. Here's a scripture I want us to, to look at. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not, it's not your brain. It's not your carnal mind. But it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. strongholds. Now, a stronghold is a stronghold because it's strong and it holds. Drop the mic. If I had a mic, I'd drop it right there and walk off the stage. That's how powerful that was right there. You, you ever seen a fort or a castle or some garrison? They're, they're not like... They're not like like little branch, you know. They're strong. They're built over time, rock upon rock, boulder upon boulder. Okay? And this is this is where this is where things and spirits camp out behind these strongholds. So we have these strongholds. You have them. 
These, you just, you've thought this way for so long. You've responded this way for so long. You've got a new heart, but your head has strongholds. These highways of thinking, these strongholds. It's, you've tried, you go, I got, why, can't I, why can't I overcome it? Strongholds, strongholds, they're so strong. And the enemy uses strongholds. He gets behind those strongholds, and he uses that as a wedge to, to manipulate. He uses your thought. He uses your thought pattern. So we're getting strongholds. And he says this. He says in verse 5, casting down imagination. Everybody say Imaginations. We're going to get into this a little bit more next week, but this, there's also a, a, another, another word here, arguments. Everybody say arguments. Can we just have a show of hands? I want you to be honest. You ever, you ever had a little argument in your head before? A little Tom and Jerry moment where you have the devil and you have the angel and they're both talking? This is what Joseph had. Remember Joseph who was engaged to Mary who became pregnant by the Holy Ghost and now Mary comes and says, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? We're engaged. And she's like, God did it. And he's like, you're telling me you're pregnant and God did it. Well, that's all. That's the best I've ever heard. And so he goes by himself. He, he's, he's, the Bible says he's thinking, he's reasoning. These are back and forth in his mind. And while he's reasoning, thank God the spirit comes. The angel comes and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. He was having some stinking thinking. He needed God to show up because he was about to abort God's plan for his life by bad thinking. Even the lady with the issue of blood, she had some internal conversations. If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. See, not, not every thought is bad. There's thoughts that God puts into your heart and we reason those thoughts away. God wants me to do, go help someone, give them, give them a dollar? That can't be God. You know, we, we argue with God when it's so obvious. God, is that you, you? Do you want me to do well for someone? So we have this, these internal arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, everybody say knowledge. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We've got thought, we've got knowledge, we've got images or arguments, and then we've got strongholds. And this is how you have to tear them down. You have to start with the stronghold and work your way backwards. But the way that they start is the opposite. It starts with a thought, and then it goes to knowledge, and then it goes to, to the imagination, and then it goes to stronghold. I'll, I'll explain. There's a whisper a thought, maybe the devil, maybe, maybe a, an irresponsible person tells a young lady, you're not beautiful. No one likes you. That little thought. And all of a sudden, as she lives her life out, that thought is there. That little thought is there. And all of a sudden, she starts filling in the blanks. She starts adding knowledge to that. A thought becomes knowledge. And she says, yeah, they ignore me. Yeah, my parents are fighting. I'm not getting into I don't have any value. Nobody cares if I'm even alive. And now a thought has now turned into a paragraph, has turned into a chapter of a book. And now she starts to imagine her life. 
how will they feel now? Maybe they'll care when I'm gone. A stronghold is being built in their mind. It starts with a thought, the knowledge. And then it becomes an imagination. For the first time, she can see herself in that casket. She wants them to weep. She wants them to, she wants the attention she never got. And now it's a stronghold that drives her. She can't see anything different. Or someone hears hears a voice, has a thought. No one at church loves you. No one at church cares. And all of a sudden, you start coming to church. You go, no one shook my hand. Someone sat in my seat. I couldn't get plugged in. I couldn't, da, da, da. And before you know it, you start adding all the details, all the details, all the details. And you make this case. Before you know it, for the first time you see, you imagine yourself walking out of church and never coming back. And before you know it, there's a stronghold in your mind. And you say the words that so many have said, the church is just full of hypocrites. The church is just, and you have a stronghold in your mind. Church is born. It doesn't help anybody. Started with a thought. Became knowledge. Then it was an imagination, and now a stronghold. That, you, know why, you know why we do what we do on a Sunday? Because we're tearing down strongholds. People come to church. People come to church, and they think church is boring. Nobody cares. Church is dry. It doesn't help anybody. But when they come to this house, we want to tear all those preconceived ideas. And they go, I've never felt anything. I've never seen anything like that. We're tearing down strongholds so people can hear the truth about Jesus. I tried church. I tried that. You probably, some of you in this room have probably said, tried church. Tried that. Did that once. Tearing down strongholds. I'm going to tell you, there's, there's things that we've let just reside in our minds that are keeping us from the fullness of what God has for our future. So I'm praying this week in Jesus' name, as our band comes, I'm praying in Jesus' name, as we go into this teaching and lesson, that there be some things that are imparted, some strongholds that are broken to free you so you can embrace all that God has for you your life.